are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we're of course going to start off with those hot stove rumors, been some transactions, nothing too big, but some interesting transactions. And then for the second half of this podcast, I want to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame, my overall thoughts on no one being elected, who I would have put in, and just my overall thoughts from it all. So we'll get into all that and more. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDiamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now let's get into those hot stove rumors and transactions. And the first one I want to uh, talk about is Masahiro Tanaka. He is not signing with any Major League Baseball teams. He's actually going back to his old Japanese team that he used to pitch for before he came over to the States, the Eagles. So good luck to Tanaka over there. He was a stud, you know, before he came over to America. And, you know, he's been here for seven years. I think we don't realize or maybe we kind of forget he's been here for almost a decade pitching at a very high level two-time all-star came over when he was 25 he's going back when he's 32 so he's still got you know some time to still be in his prime of his career and I I've always been a fan of Tanaka I've always respected Tanaka I've always thought he's been a pretty good pitcher throughout his career his strikeouts per nine wasn't overwhelming but he's been number two slash number three kind of starter for the Yankees throughout majority of his time in New York. And outside of 2020, the thing about Tanaka is he was, you know, a go-to guy in the postseason. Tanaka was one of the best pitchers the Yankees had in the postseason since 2015 when they acquired him. You take out 2020, his postseason year raised basically a, like a 2.4, something insane. So he, he's been a great postseason pitcher, and that's what you want when you invest in a guy like that. Especially a guy who's coming over from the international waters. He he has a little bit more intrigue, a little bit more uh, you know, questions surrounding him. And to see a guy like Tanaka be an all-star his first year in New York, live up to expectations in the postseason, I thought was really impressive. And I just want to give a big shout out to Tanaka. Just give him a congrats on a great major league career because you know his baseball career isn't over, but his major league baseball career at least seems like it's over right now. Maybe he'll come back to the states in the future but shout out to knocker for having a great major league career uh the next 
Rumor that I want to talk about, which is not even a rumor. Adam Wainwright's going back to the Cardinals. I think he signed a one-year, $8 million deal. And Wainwright, he's an old fart, man. He is 38 years old. But the thing is with Wainwright is he was still an effective pitcher in 2020. Wish I could say the same about Madison Bumgarner. But in 2020, Wainwright, 315 year right? His strikeouts per nine was in high, 7.4. But his whip was only 1.5. That's some pretty elite stuff. His hits per nine was 7.4, which was the lowest since 2014 where he made uh, when he made an all-star game, he had two complete games in 2020, which led the league, the National League at least. So Wainwright, he had some really nice numbers in 2020. Kind of had a, a bounce back or a resurgent season, whatever you want to call it. He kind of turned back the clock in 2020. So for a one-year, $8 million deal, yeah, Wainwright's probably not moving the needle for you uh, too much. If you're the Cardinals, you still want to be competitive. Kind of look at the Cardinals like the MLB version of the Spurs. They're always right there in the mix, even when they're not that good of a team. They're always winning games, and they're always competitive. And Adam Wainwright, uh, he can't be their best pitcher anymore. I mean, that that's a, you know that's a certain. He's 39 years old, so... Hopefully some of their other young stars or other young studs, I should say, like Dakota uh, Hudson or Jack Flaherty, hopefully they step up to the plate because they're going to have to take over the mantle, take the torch because Adam Wainwright, he's been in the decline the last few years and we'll see if if his, uh, we'll see if his 2020 was real or not. I mean, I'm going to lean toward more being fake just because of the shortened season and how he looked the last, you know, four years prior to 2020. So I don't think he's going to have more in the tank in 2019. I think he's probably more of a back-end starter in your rotation at this point of his career. Uh, it looks like the Blue Jays traded for Steven Matz, and I found this to be a pretty interesting deal. I, I thought this was pretty under the radar. Matz, he is more of an extra rotation guy i think right now is more of your five or six starter i don't think he's been that great with the mat uh with the mets at least in 2020 he wasn't 2019 he came alive in the second half of the season but we we didn't see that guy in 2020 he dealt with some injuries he wasn't fully healthy uh and you know 2018 and 2019 he was very respectable but 2017 he didn't look good 2020 he didn't look good so the two years in between that he looked good so the question is which Steven Matz are you gonna get that's a huge question and the Mets weren't too afraid to trade a guy like this and granted they have all the depth in the world so it makes sense but uh the Blue Jays they needed the extra pitching they still have some very good starters in their rotation don't forget they have he uh he and Jin Ryu they're free agent acquisition last offseason he's an absolute stud but the other members in their rotation uh, I mean I'm not a Robbie Ray fan we've seen him Tanner Rourke I think he's gonna be interesting but I don't know if he's your true starter that you want to put in that rotation I don't don't know what his uh I don't know what his ceiling is he's been around a a 4.5 ERA like the last four seasons I don't know how high his ceiling really is or I guess the last like two or three seasons and you also got some other dudes in that rotation that I'm not super sold on so the Blue Jays I like the move it adds you know another arm to that rotation adds some more depth but I don't think 
Steven Matz is that kind of guy. If they re-sign Taiwan Walker and then all of a sudden have Ryu, Taiwan Walker, you know, someone else to be their number three starter, and then maybe Matz is your number five, I kind of like that deal. So we'll see how this Blue Jays rotation shakes up. I'm not in love with it on paper, but they can get that. Uh, if they can get their rotation together, I might pick them to come out their American League because I like their lineup a lot. I think they got some offensive studs. I think they're young. I think they're hungry. And then adding George Springer gives you a guy with some postseason experience. But right now, their rotation just isn't good enough. And then the rumor of the day that I want to talk about, it seems like Trevor Bauer was offered a short-term deal by the Mets. We don't know how long it is, but he's expected to be in that three- to four-year range with an average salary of about $36 million a year. So we'll see if he accepts. We'll see if that's really what was offered. But if he's getting near $40 million, that's a ton of money for Trevor Bauer for a guy who hasn't, you know, doesn't have a huge track record. We know what he did in 2020 was the best pitcher in baseball, was a Cy Young Award winner. Maybe not the best pitcher in baseball. I think Shane Bieber had a good argument, but I think he was the best pitcher in the National League at the very least. And his 2019 season wasn't that dominant as 2018 was. His 2018 was not as good as 2020, but it was damn close. But outside of 2018 and 2020, he's got about six years of not showing a track record like this at all. So entering his 30s, is he really this guy that we saw in the 2020 season? I'm not convinced. I'm still not sure. But if you're going to give out a fat contract like that, I'd rather it be three years than uh, uh, you know, a five or six year deal because at least you could get out of it quickly. And you're still getting supposedly the best years of his career. Take him to about 32, 33 years old. So for the Mets, if they add Trevor Bauer. I mean, I think you could still lock it up. As I said, I'm not entirely sold on him, but you could make him your number four starter, and that would be pretty acceptable because they're going to have Syndergaard, DeGrom, Carrasco, and Marcus Stroman. I mean, you could easily say, hey, Stroman and DeGrom are ahead of him. A healthy Syndergaard is hel- uh, ahead of him, and Carrasco got the chance to be ahead of him too. So that's going to be like essentially five number one starters you have in your rotation if you're the Mets. And I'm probably going to be picking them to come out the National League if they do get a guy like Trevor Bauer. Now, I'll discuss my thoughts on what happened with the Hall of Fame this week. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're great for the health-conscious guy like me. I try to go to the gym when I can, but I have a sweet tooth. I love eating candy, and Built Bar actually tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Use a promo code LOCKDOWN. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front. Wine door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the cowman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brands his warehouse happens to carry. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for four professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's discuss the Hall of Fame because I got some thoughts for this. And I I get I kind of get what the Hall of Fame wants to do. They're trying to keep it clean. They're trying to keep those steroid uh, users and abusers out and they're trying to put a little morality and integrity to it as well. But this is where I push back. If you don't want to put Kurt Schilling in because you don't think his play on the field was worthy of the Hall of Fame. I get that. But if you don't want to put Kurt Schilling in because of his integrity, because of what he says, you know, on Twitter or social media, I, I can't stand by that. I totally don't support what Kurt Schilling supports. You know, whatever he says on social media, I, I think he's kind of a vile human being. I think what most what I think he's kind of a disgusting human being, honestly. It's not even that he's a conservative because it's not political, just about what he says and how he says it. And I would never want to be friends with Kurt Schilling. I would never want Kurt Schilling in my house, but I would want to be, I would want to put him in the Hall of Fame because I do think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. I personally would vote for Kurt Schilling knowing the kind of person he is because to me, the Hall of Fame, no matter what sport you're playing in, is all about what you did on the field. I don't care. I, I care about your off-field stuff, but I don't care about it in terms of my voting for the Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling off the field is a horrible person, but on the field, he was a damn good baseball player. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm the Arizona Diamondbacks guy, but he was a stud. I mean, honestly, I thought Kurt Schilling was a stud. He only had a 3-4-6 career year career ERA, which may not be super high, but he's led the league in strikeouts twice. Uh, he's had over 300 strikeouts three times, at least 284 times. Uh, he's been a, a guy who's pitched over 200 innings multiple times in his career, has led the you know National League and American League in wins. He's finished second in Cy Young voting three times. He's led the league in whip twice. So I think all the numbers in the regular season are there for Kurt Schilling. And when you look at his postseason, he's a three-time champion. And he was co-World Series MVP with Randy Johnson. And if you just look at his World Series numbers overall, the first World Series he had, he had 21 innings pitch, only four earned runs. His second World Series, six innings pitch, one earned run. And his third World Series at age 40, 5.1 innings, one earned run. He was a stud on the biggest stage, just like a Madison Bumgarner. So for that reason, I have to put Kurt Schilling in because even though I hate what he stands for and I don't like him at all as a human being, I want to make that abundantly clear. I don't stand for anything that Kurt Schilling stands for, but... He was a damn good baseball player, and because of it, I have to put him in. 
Now let's talk about these steroid abusers. I get it. Roger Clemens did roids. Barry Bonds, I guess under court of law he did roids, but he never tested positive. Manny Ramirez, we know about his history. But the thing is, there are already steroid users in the Hall of Fame. Let's not sit here and act like the Hall of Fame is clean cut. Mike Piazza, who is in the Hall of Fame, is on record saying he's taken steroids. This is, yes, post uh you know, making it to the Hall of Fame. This is a guy who's never tested positive, but he's been open in saying he did steroids throughout his career. And let me bring up Jose Canseco real quick because when he wrote that book, you know, I do think he was honest and truthful in it. And in the book, he names Pudge Rodriguez as one of the guys who he did steroids with. And Pudge is in the Hall of Fame. And yes, Pudge never tested positive. And it's he said, she said, but I don't think... Jose Canseco has much of a reason to lie in that book. I mean, he came out and said he was shooting himself up with steroids. So because of that, I think steroid users should be in the Hall of Fame. We already have steroid users in the Hall of Fame. And when I look at a guy like Barry Bonds, he was, before even, you know, being accused of juicing, he was a three-time MVP. He was a stud. Why is that guy now in the Hall of Fame? He owns every record. Roger Clemens, I get it. He probably did a ton of steroids, but he won seven Cy Youngs. He's the best pitcher, arguably, of the last 40 years. And I get it. It feels like the game is tainted putting those guys in. But we know there's already guys in who've done steroids. And if you want to go back all the way to the 40s and back then, players have talked about how they were doing anything virtually possible to get an edge. Steroids used to be commonplace in baseball. It used to just be sitting in locker rooms and no one cared. Steroids were not always a big deal in baseball until we started, you know, actually looking more into this and starting to question why we're letting players do steroids until it got banned. No one really batted an eye at dudes who did steroids. Yes, they might have thought it was wrong. Maybe they felt something about it in terms of morality, but Nothing ever happened. They never got punished. So why are we punishing these players now? You didn't punish them throughout their career, but now you want to punish them now? I just don't think that makes makes much sense. So for me, who would I would have voted for? I would have put Kurt Schilling in. I would have put Bonds in. Clemens is in. Andrew Jones is in for me. Sammy Sosa. Manny Ramirez. And then I have to think about some other guys. Andy Pettit, I think, is in, but some other guys I would have to think about. I think Billy Wagner probably uh, probably deserves to get in. Omar Vizquel, I'm not putting in. He was a great defensive player. Uh, and I know his numbers look like a Hall of Famer. I mean, he has near 3,000 hits. But I think that's a product of playing almost 40 years in the game. So, for me, I'm putting steroid users in the Hall of Fame. Because we already have steroid users in the Hall of Fame. So, I don't think it's fair to penalize them post playing career and Pete Rose another guy he should be in the Hall of Fame Pete Rose I guess you know was morally in the wrong for betting on games but he is the all-time hits leader how's he not in the game I think it's just ludicrous that baseball does this to their own players I think it's even ludicrous that you have to have 10 ballots I'm on the uh, they have to you know that you could be on the ballot for 10 years I'm on the side of the argument that it's either one ballot if you Get in, you get in. If you don't make it that first ballot, then you're not a Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame shouldn't be something that takes you 10 years to get in. Either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. I think it should be the best of the best. And to have the best of the best, you have to have the dudes who did steroids because 
They did steroids in a time where a lot of baseball players were doing steroids. I'm not saying every baseball player, but let's not act like, you know, Barry Bonds and Clemens and, you know, 10 dudes were doing steroids and then everyone else in the league was like Mike Trout. That just wasn't true. It was all relative. Pitchers were doing steroids a lot of the time too, not just batters. So because of that, I think you have to make it fair. I think you have to make it even. I think you have to let guys like Kurt Schilling in, even though he's a horrible person. I think you have to let guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in, even though they abuse steroids. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news, coverage, and insight. And get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Burskowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local ex- from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!